So I've been looking at long-range seafaring vessels. Wait, wait, what? And there's this old Coast Guard ship. I can't remember the exact length. It's something like 180 feet. You know, a couple diesel generators. It's in rough-ish shape, but it's also only like 250 grand for a steel-hulled, ocean-going ship. I, I say... Gonna, I thought you were going to buy an airplane. I say we put together a crew... <laughs> And just start pirating the waterways. I've been stockpiling Dremamine for just this occasion. Yes! I don't know how that started, but you know how you, you occasionally get that, that urge to go on Zillow or Redfin or something and look at houses you can't afford? Yeah, I was doing the same yep. thing for boats, and I come across this thing and I'm just like, holy shit, if I could get a bank to give me like an extra couple hundred grand to like fix it up? There's not a ton of work that it needs. A lot of it's cosmetic, but some of the systems need to be upgraded and maybe rewired. But it's got something like eight thousand gallon capacity tanks you can go for almost four thousand miles on that <laughs> zach you are officially a meme you should buy a boat well it's like it's like van life but boats wow you gonna paint a wizard on the side of your boat it's just it's all about freedom you know you wake up to a, to a fresh view and hashtag van life it's instagram ready never mind that i'm literally fitting in a bucket <laughs> Time's up. Start the game already! Let's do this! Welcome to your listener to the QQ Cast. Today is Thursday, July 15th, 2021. We're your host, Tonapot Zach Mayer and Raul Torres. Say hi, gentlemen. Hi, gentlemen. Hi, gentlemen. Correct. And this, dear listener, is QQ News for, eh, sort of, kind of, the months of June and July 2021. Yeah, we're halfway through the year. It's kind of fucking nuts. Time, we're beyond halfway through. Yeah, yeah, time is an illusion. Truly. Oh. So, uh, gentlemen, I think I want to start with uh, going back a little bit and a little tidbit of news that is very relevant to some QQ reviews we've done recently. Um, Netflix had its, and this is, dear listener, we don't prepare nearly well enough for this. Netflix had its big, what was this Netflix event, like, a month or two ago? You guys know what I'm talking about? Uh... The sci-fi one? The sci- what? Yeah, didn't they have, like, some sci-fi event? Or uh, it was, like, the fans event, I don't know. They do, they, they, they promote things all the time. They gotta keep, keep promoting, keep that thing going. They did, know. like, Geeked Week or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's there the you one. go. Yeah, so was... uh, they announced a bunch of things that I don't care about, but they did make an announcement about Castlevania. We already knew that the current Castlevania series in its current incarnation was going to end, and they're going to replace it with a new Castlevania series. We didn't have any details, so we did speculate a little bit of what that might be in our QQ Review Season 4. Well, they did confirm that it's going to go forward in time and be about uh, Richter Belmont and about uh, Maria who are characters in Castlevania Rondo of Blood and also then character, side characters in Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which is starring, of course, Alucard. So, yeah, they're jumping to the uh, the PlayStation era, effectively, of, of Castlevania, the Castlevania timeline. And uh, that does line up with Alucard being in it, so maybe James Kalos will return? Don't know. Well, that should be fun. Yeah. Um... I guess, oh, there's actually a lot of stuff that came out of this. Uh, Masters of the Universe, a sequel to the original cartoon, is going to be a thing. 
Ooh, it's Kevin Smith. Oh, really? That's fun. Well, I missed that. Uh, yeah. Let's see. League of Legends is going multimedia, which why? Because um, everything has to. I guess, but like League of Legends, the famously toxic video game, has a series on Netflix, I guess, and that's the thing. Um, oh, the Cuphead show. You guys remember? <laughs> remember? I Cuphead. remember the Cuphead. Yeah. What's that video game? Yeah. Witcher season two, uh, is a thing. Ooh, Shadow and Bone. Well, that, that was a separate. Up. That was Witcher Con, and Witcher yeah. Con announced when season two was going to drop, which is December, I believe. Uh, sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited, but not like super excited. I mean, it's just been so long. I kind of want to go back and rewatch the first season because I remember liking it a lot, but at this point, I don't remember a, a lot of the details. Just kind of the the top level threads that were being woven it might be good to just do a refresher i mean there was only a few episodes yeah uh did you guys watch shadow and bone i did not what is that uh it's another netflix series um it's kind of in a similar vein as the witcher you know it's kind of mysterious high fantasy stuff um it's actually pretty decent and it's getting a second season which i'm kind of stoked about Cool. I'd put that on the list. Was there any other Netflix um, news worth mentioning? Yeah, or it's, Geek it's, Week or whatever the hell. It's no surprise, but I think it would have been sacrilege, and no one would have seen it or, or been excited about it if this wasn't announced. But uh, Yoko Kano will be composing stuff for the Cowboy Bebop show. Oh yeah, the live action Ooh. one, which is now back and filming again because originally John Chow like broke a leg or an arm or something. Something. Ooh. Yeah, but yeah. there's. I think the last thing they said is coming this fall, so it's like right around the corner. Yeah, it is right around the corner. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, cautiously optimistic. I like John Chow. Netflix has done some good adaptations, not all. Uh, Yoko Kano coming back is cool, but um, cautiously optimistic. Dig it. Yeah, same. Like, uh, Did you guys watch the live action? Um, shit, what was it? Oh my god, I'm blanking on it. It was where they're like Reapers of Souls. That that Death anime Note? that was super popular. No. Well, I guess there was a live action Death Note. I didn't watch that. It looked awful. It did not get the best reviews. Um there was I another one that bleach, I think Bleach, but I don't bleach. think they did a live action bleach, did they? They did a live action bleach. Okay. And I saw positive reviews coming out of it, but honestly didn't look too closely into it because I was never really into Bleach in the first place. Um but that was one of the like super long running series, anime series, and they're just like live actioning all the things, I guess. Okay. Uh, let's see. The only other thing that looks interesting out of this stack of stuff from that geeked weekend, uh, Peter Thornworth's upcoming horror movie, Blood Red Sky. Oh, was about, that vampires on a plane? It kind of looks like it. About a mysteriously ill woman flying with her young son who is forced to unleash a dark secret when terrorists attempt to hijack their transatlantic flight out on July 23rd. Well, yeah, the kinda, secret at least they didn't is, that in September. The yeah. secret is she's a vampire. That's how, that's how everyone's been selling that movie, so I'm kind of surprised that they're just <laughs> like, it's saying it's a secret. Like, vampires on a plane has to be sold. Don't don't say all this other stuff. Just say vampires on a plane. I'm tired of these <laughs> motherfucking vampires on this motherfucking plane. Uh, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. 
All right. Well, I just want to kick us off a little bit of Netflix news, specifically because I want to mention the Castlevania thing. But um, yeah. Well, they did give us a fair amount, and it's kind of it's kind of nice to have just like one sort of event announcing this kind of stuff instead of just sort of getting the drops like we used to. The drips and drops. Well, now I'm trying to look up real quick. Did anything get announced at WitcherCon? So funny, that's a con for everything. I mean, I don't know. New book, season two. We already knew season two was going to come. It's just now we it's have a date. It's announced the date, yeah. yeah. Um, can I get just a little... Why is it always so hard to find a list of just like... Here's the things that are happening. Well, maybe, have you ever searched for like a food recipe online? God. Yes. <laughs> it is no longer about easy to find <laughs> digestible content. It is about everything you can do to please the algorithm. And if that means a 13-paragraph story about how much you love apple pie and how it's the most important thing of your life before you get to the recipe. Yeah. It's going to be there. So we, Okay, Witcher 3 Wild Hunt is getting an upgrade for PS5 and Xbox Series X and S. Nothing surprising there. Uh, apparently there's some free DLC inspired by Witcher's Netflix. Uh, Witcher Season 2 premieres December 17th with a new teaser trailer that I didn't watch. Um, Nightmare of the Wolf Netflix series. So I guess that's a spin-off Netflix series? I guess? I don't know. Nightmare of the Wolf? Uh, apparently Gwent got some DLC or some content for WitcherCon. There's a new comic book. Okay, that's about it. Oh well, I mean, not bad for a single franchise that has its own con. Oh yeah. Alright, and that was WitcherCon, dear listener. God, I'm looking for that thing that I sent. Either it was just Tom... Or is to the general slack about Benjamin Sisko writing a recipe? Sounds like just uh, me. We, we do send each other Star Trek memes a lot in Slack. <sighs> My problem is I can't remember how long ago it was that I found it, and just like searching for it on Google is not not useful. That was a very narrowly scoped meme. I'm a Trekkie. Oh yeah, name ten characters. Dax. Oh, that's not me. <laughs> I set the bar too low. <laughs> saw that one. I didn't get it, but I'm sure it's funny. <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah, Zach, I'm going back. I can't find it either. Anywho, uh, what's uh, what's the next news item, gentlemen? Mm. Really, do you want to talk about OLEDs? Do it. Is that, is that, is that the lead to the next thing? Was that a segue? I, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, so Nintendo finally announced something that everyone wanted when and when everyone was pretty thoroughly disappointed about what was is it does it even have a name is it like the new nintendo switch like what is does it have a name at all what is uh, it called well, it, yeah so it's just called the nintendo switch oled um but there's uh i think the internet would disagree with you sir um i'll play the devil's advocate here did a Nintendo announce something everyone wanted? Everyone was all uh, hyped. The internet was all hyped about the Nintendo Switch Pro, where people were like, oh, it might be 4K. It's going to have you know more RAM, or it's going to be better for, for games. Uh, and truly, the, the Nintendo Switch OLED is really not a hardware upgrade. It upgrades the screen. It goes from a 6.2-inch uh, LCD screen to a 7-inch OLED screen, which, you know, for a screen quality, that's a, that's significantly larger that's much higher quality and brightness uh theoretically slightly more efficient in terms of energy um 
But the only other literally two changes that they have made to the Nintendo Switch OLED is one, the internal memory is now 64 gigabytes instead of 32, but everyone usually puts an SD card in there. So, okay, it's, it's doubled. And then the dock will come with an Ethernet port, which I think Smash Brothers fans and maybe some Splatoon players are excited about. But it is by no means anything near what I think people consider to be a Nintendo Switch Pro with any kind of new you know, internal hardware. So did they announce what some what people wanted or not is kind of the debate. And by debate, I mean, you know, children yelling at each other on the internet. Yeah, but, but I guess like one of the things about the, the uh, dock that's important to note is they will, they're going to sell the dock separately and that'll totally work with your original Switch. So yes, e- even that it's like cool, but yeah, that's it's just another peripheral that you could buy. It's like not like a whole like I, I'm not motivated to buy this new console. Like I've I've definitely seen people who are like have been waiting for one. They'll be like, oh, this is what puts me over, which I find kind of silly. I just think it's more so just like getting there's there's definitely feeling difference of getting a system that came out you know this year versus like how old are the switches now? Are they like four years uh, old five i believe it's five years old five yeah five year, like a five-year-old console right so i think that's that that might have been something pushing folks over a little bit more even though it's the same thing so i mean it's it, nintendo's gonna print money i'm happy for them cool <laughs> but it just didn't didn't get me excited yeah it was a screen and i guess a fancy dock and like no other real hardware upgrades do they ever really fix the issue that people were having with like the uh, the drifting joysticks? Joy cons on the Joy cons. Um, they're still um, I, I, they're still happening. I don't know the percentages of the frequencies with the newer switches versus the old, but it's it's still absolutely an issue. And in, many people tried to inquire as to whether or not the new Switch OLED would use different you know Joy Con hardware or try to resolve that issue. And there's been no comment that I'm aware of from Nintendo on the subject. So good question. And unfortunately, I think no one knows. Yeah. But also, like, I mean, it is like, what, 70 bucks a controller, but you can just get a new one. I know that's a shitty thing to say. Oh, that is a shitty thing to say. You know what's great? Having fucking money. These are poor people (laughs) problems that we're talking about. We don't really need to. I think it's 70 for a pair, so 45 uh, individually sold, if I remember correctly. You know, not quite half. So... Yeah, I mean, it seems like something that you would fix in the background and just not tell anybody you fixed because admitting that it sucks hasn't been their their current line. Um, but, but also, it's like it hasn't been like like it's been hard to gauge the level of like how many folks have been impacted. Is it like these? Is it like folks who play like eight hours every day? Is it like kind of like on the scope of like? Like, remember, like, the Apple butterfly keyboard issue where, like, supposedly, like, everyone was just plugging in USB drive or USB keyboards and putting it right on top of their laptop and calling it a day. Like, the scope of, like, yes, there is a problem, but, like, the scope of the problem has been, like, very well under the wraps to the point where I'm like, is it a problem or just people are more gossipy about it? Like, it's just, it's hard to tell. Yeah. Now, and negative, negative press always gets distorted. Like, just negative shit in general gets more screen time. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't particularly care. I haven't had any problems with my Switch. So, you know, fuck everybody else. I got mine. <laughs> well, so, okay, let, let's get to um, who is this for is, is a question that's being asked a lot around the Internet. And I've had some conversations with some friends about this. And 
Um, I think there's, you know, aside from it's putting something new out there and, you know, Nintendo's always going to sell hardware and always trying to keep things a little fresh. Um, I think there's a specific market for this. And that's if you own the Switch V1, which is the, you know, the lesser battery switch, then this is an up and you and you play in handheld mode a lot. Then this really is a pretty good product for you because uh, you'll get longer battery life and you'll get a bigger, brighter screen to play with. So I do have some friends who are absolutely in that boat. They use their Switch in handheld mode 90 plus percent of the time, and they have the original Switch, the V1 with the, sh- with the less battery life. So they're like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. I might pre-order this and, and get one. Um, outside of that particular you know, set of criteria, I don't really think this is an upgrade Switch. I think it's for people who, if you're gonna go buy a new Switch, you haven't gonna get into the ecosystem, you can spend an extra 50 bucks and get a slightly better OLED screen. Um, but that's, I don't think it's an upgrade switch for the vast majority of people. I think it's for a subset of people. Yeah, so so my yeah. theory right now is, who is this for? This is for Nintendo because there's been the, the what, Switch Pro rumors going on for such a long time where it almost seems like they reached a point where, hey, they've got a whole bunch of, you know, but just the, the outside frame of this Everything's going good, but oh no, there's this chip shortage. Well, what do you want to do? Do you want to wait and sit on this stock for another two years until this thing gets figured out? Or do you just want to just use the components you have and make a new product? So I think it's this weird pivoty, Frankensteining, making something work with what the situation you're, you're in because there's no way that they could mass produce a pro unit. So that's my theory. Yeah, no, I buy that. And plus, if you've got people waiting around for a pro version of this thing that was maybe never even really planned or conceived, you know, not part of the product vision, then this is throwing a bone to that crowd and being like, hey, here's your pro whatever. Look, it's better. You can give us more money because you wanted to. Like, here's your chance. Um, But also, like you guys said, the Switch has been out for like six years, and we are well outside of five whatever time is an illusion (laughs) long enough that the first gen hardware even as you mentioned it wasn't perfect shit's probably starting to fail we're well past the nokia era of durable electronics you know it's time for a refresh and if you're going to you know replace that console it feels like i think a lot of people would feel like it'd be nice to get something more out of it so yeah I don't know. It it makes a certain amount of sense yeah, for it, enough people that I can understand why they put it out, but... Th- there are some people out there doing the doom and gloom of, you know, oh, does this mean the Switch is at the end of its life? Does that mean the Switch 2 is next? And I don't... I, again, I have no inside information, and I'm often wrong when I say shit like this, but I'll say it anyway. Um, I, I have no reason to think that. Like, modern console life cycles usually average, you know, uh, seven plus years. And I think the Switch is so unbelievably successful. I don't see no reason for Nintendo to try to swap it out, you know, in exactly the seven-year mark or something like that. Um, and the door is still absolutely wide open for a Switch Pro if they need that in the future. It's not like this closes the door on that. So I think they're just doing a slight hardware refresh to keep stuff out there and, yeah, just, you know, stay relevant. Yeah, and... Like, what what would you get out of a Pro? Just, like, 4K, maybe? Yeah, is well, that, that, that's that another really... great... Yeah, it's another great debate, right? Because, like, obviously, just up-resing or upscaling the games to 4K, getting a little more processor boost is is one definite option. Um, 
you could take the kind of Nintendo th- uh, 3DS, you know, new Nintendo 3DS approach and literally throw a little more hardware so some games could use it, but then you get in that that really bad space of fragmenting your base. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know. There are options for them, but well, that was kind of what I was getting at. It was like Nintendo had this problem not too long ago where they were putting out new versions of hardware and having trouble getting the software to follow. Like there's a lag time. Um, it seems like they've sort of unified a lot of their uh, game development around the Switch platform and changing that or bifurcating it uh, with a pro version that's more significant than just uprezzing wouldn't be great, right? Like they've got a good thing going. Don't rock that boat. That would be my vote. So yeah, if, if we get a Switch Two or you know the next generation of Nintendo console, I think we're still probably two or three years out, maybe four. Um, and with the chip shortage, like Raul mentioned, it doesn't make yeah. a whole lot of sense to put out a brand new, full from the ground up product. While it's hard to get components to ship it, you're going to end up looking like Nvidia. Nobody wants that. Yeah, that that is another theory. Just that Nintendo couldn't get the parts, so they said, "Eh, we'll do a halfway step." Again, I don't think that's the case, but I don't know. Well, good news on that front. Speaking of chip shortages, uh, TSMC is opening a new fab in the U.S. in 2023, I think, or 2022. No, it was 2022. Yay, because the chip shortage will to... end by the time I'm 40. Well, they're expecting to have uh, like a 50% increase in production by 2023, and part of that is opening new fabs. Um but it takes a little while for those foundries to get up to speed because there are a lot of technical requirements as far as personnel goes and just hiring for these fabs is is a challenge. So, you know, we'll see how it goes, but uh there are really only two two functional chip manufacturers that, you know, have an impact on global supply. There are others that are smaller, but they're very very niche. And TSMC is one of them, Taiwan Semiconductor TSMC. Uh, The other one I've forgotten the name of. I think they were opening a new fab in China. So all of that together, we should see uh, an increase in chip supply. Not next year, but probably 2023, which is a long time. But in the scheme of things, not that long. And in the meantime, people are doing what nintendo's doing and just kind of make and do so but who's doing what nintendo don't yeah (laughs) yeah well that i think would be steam uh steam is doing what nintendo don't true but before (laughs) we get there let me do a little let me put one more little uh thing before we get to the real big news item so uh this is a news item that gentlemen you're both going to be totally unaware of dear listener you're not even going to understand the gibberish i'm about to say but i'm gonna say it anyway um do you guys remember I talked about the Mister, the uh, FPGA kind of hardware simulator that yeah. uh, you use for retro video games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the, the Mister is always that that community is an open source community. It's very active. They're always putting out new stuff. Um, and someone just recently put out a new core for the Game Boy Advance and the Game Boy and Game Boy Color that allows for two players on one Mister using effectively split screen. So they basically uh, they're, they used all of the gates in the FPGA chip, but they, they actually had to strip down some features out of the core to make it fit. 
but it's where you can now do effectively split screen multiplayer for Game Boy or Game Boy Advance games. So if you wanted to play two player Mario Kart on the side by side on the same TV, you could do it. Um, super fucking nerdy, super fucking niche. I just think it's super fucking cool how active that community is. And they're always coming up with new shit like that. Mm, very cool. Are there any uh, multiplayer handheld games you guys remember fondly? I mean, other than Pokemon? <laughs> <laughs> so Pokemon is one that, you know, you could play uh, uh, battles back and forth if you loaded up your saves in the ROM carts. Obviously, Mario Karts, and I fucking love me some Mario Kart Advance Super Circuit. Um, Choo Choo Rocket is one I used to play. Trey used to own that. It's a puzzle game with mice. It's really fun. Um, nothing? Nothing else? You guys have no fond memories of, of handheld digi games? God. I, I don't know, oh, man. Tetris, to... maybe? That... I, think, I think the problem was you still needed that really gross tether cable to yes. like do any of those things. Oh, God, and... yes. fucking link cables. Yeah, that, that's... Uh, the only... I, I did it maybe like once or twice, but I have more memories of PictoChat, Mario Kart, some of the newer stuff once you actually could do it via Wi-Fi or even the local network stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, because that was I just mean, so much easier. There was something magical about battling your 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 friends with Pokemans over a link cable, just like in the hallways at school. Just be like, "Hey, fuck you! My ratatata is gonna go ratatata all over your ass." <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. Once it became less of a physical hassle to play multiplayer games with the handhelds. Yeah, shit like Mario Kart. Mario Party, even. Those were kind of fun times. Those were friendship ruiners. I loved it. Yeah. I, did they have a Mario Party for GBA? I don't remember. And they had, like, WarioWare. That would have multiplayer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Nintendo always just kind of blurs together for me. I don't pay that much attention to it. Oh, sorry, guys. I'm getting distracted because I'm having to deal with live ops, um, which I can't talk about on mic. But anyway, that was my digression. Zach, who is doing what Nintendo don't? Uh, actually, Ruli brought it to our attention. Uh, he, I saw it from him before I saw it anywhere else, so thanks for that. The Steam Deck, not to be confused with the Stream Deck, uh, I, was that Elgato makes the Stream Deck? Yeah, no, Steam is putting out a handheld that looks remarkably like a Switch. Honestly, it feels like the physical embodiment of copyright infringement <laughs> but uh it's it's a very cool piece of hardware as soon as you mentioned it i went i think it was ign had a, a like eight minute video or something up where they were at steam you know valve headquarters and talking to a couple of the the product people behind this this new i'm going to call it a console but I'm using that word as a stand-in because it's really not. It's it's a handheld PC. I thought when I first saw it that it was going to be a little bit like the NVIDIA Shield, where it's just uh, you know a, a window into streamed content, like gaming over the internet. Uh, it's not. It's a system on a chip that has you know, current-gen Zen 2 hardware and RDNA GPUs, so it's a it's a Team Red system on a chip. Uh, combined with that architecture, it's going to punch well above its weight in terms of just raw capabilities, and it's running Steam's own Linux-based Steam OS, so a lot of the, um, the background stuff that you might choke on with 
a traditional Windows P- gaming PC just aren't there. You don't need that extra overhead. It's very optimized for the particular experience they're trying to deliver. And by all accounts, it looks like a great piece of tech. I don't know exactly. I, I don't know if it's for me specifically, but I do admire the idea a bit. They have done a lot with a little and it looks really really cool if it performs the way that they say that it will then it's it's kind of an exciting thing to see and honestly not that bad of a price point i think it starts at 350 and really it goes up to something like 650 and the only real difference between them is storage uh i was gonna ask that is the only difference between the different models storage because I, I think you might be right but i'm not <laughs> no, i think i think the way they broke it down like let me see where is it yeah i only looked briefly and the big number that they were showing was gigabytes of storage yeah so uh what is it the so the in- intro one which i was seeing a lot of people are basically saying that like they only made this one to say starting at 400 dollars uh with a, a measly 600 i'm uh, sorry 64 gigabytes uh next notch up supposedly faster storage uh and then the top one 650 faster storage premium anti-glare etched glass and i think that's it yeah they give you a carrying case and yeah like an exclusive so, virtual keyboard theme yeah but, so yeah. G- going up from 400 dollars to 530 dollars will get you uh quadruple the storage with faster with a faster ssd it doesn't say what exactly um so you know until we have you know review copies and benchmarks uh, a little hard to say how much that's needed but obviously the storage alone is pretty significant for PC games. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they can get this out at 400 is pretty impressive. Now, I haven't done my homework to compare the specs with a Switch. Let me see if I can go find that. Let's see. So, yeah, okay. So it's EMMC versus NVMe. And um, translate that for dear listener and me, because I don't know what that means. So NVMe, I don't honestly know what it stands for, but it's your traditional sort of stick SSD. It's the not the the drive SSD. It's the little like chip that you attach to your motherboard over a PCI line. Uh, EMMC. I don't know what that is. I assume that like they say it's slower, but it is da, 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 embedded embedded multimedia card. So you think of your like um, your little SanDisk cards or your your flash drives, kind of a deal. It's probably not flash memory specifically, but yeah, it's 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 uh it's like an SD card versus a true NVMe drive, which is different. But yeah, that so... begs the question to me: Are they going to have expandable memory for these things? Like, are you going to be able to put in uh like an SD card to this thing? Yeah, you I probably think, can't I think open it up and add that. a drive. I think they said sense. you could. It would make a lot of sense. Um. Well, this uh, this has one thing that the Switch doesn't have: Bluetooth support, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the cool thing about this is it is a handheld PC, and they were very clear about this in yep. the interview that I saw. Like, it is running Steam OS, which is well, just a Linux distribution, but there's nothing that says you can't plug in. Uh, you, you can't just install Windows on it. You well, could, yeah. They haven't. Do someone, whatever. 
someone will, of course, uh, jailbreak it and put Windows on it. But yeah, it's, I think it's very <laughs> important it to put Doom on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think it's very, very important to point out that uh, Steam OS, which obviously was developed for the Steam Box, um, is like you said, Zach. It's a Linux distro, and that's very important because the compatibility for this device will be games that have Linux uh, capable apps. So that doesn't mean your whole Steam library suddenly works here. All the Valve games will. Lots of others will. But it's really important to note, you're not just going to go to the Steam store and get thousands of games running on this because they need to support Linux. And that's going to be a challenge, a big challenge, frankly. Well, I I don't know if that's entirely true because I thought the point of SteamOS was to be a Linux distribution that could run games that were, you know, x86 Windows like all of the same stuff it probably won't run it as well as native hardware but it's I, doing the bridging for you let let's find out let's let's do some homework on this because that is a real important distinction that i i don't have the answer to i don't either like it would definitely suck not enough games run on linux it's gotten better like it's definitely better than it was even a few years ago but if it's true that you really are not going to get an optimal experience for most of the games that really just don't run on Linux. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a tougher sell. I want to say that SteamOS is kind of the answer to that, but I don't have enough information to say that for sure. You're right. <clears throat> but like I was saying, like there's there is no jailbreaking on this. Like they were very explicit in the, when Valve was talking about this uh, to IGN that nothing stops you from just wiping the whole drive clean and installing whatever you want on it. Like they don't lock it down that way. That's interesting. Uh, It is just a handheld PC. And they also talked about eventually they want to produce a dock for this thing, but you can use any off the shelf dock to, you know, plug in a monitor or mouse keyboard or whatever it's USB C. Um, And you can use this thing just like a regular PC. which is nuts. I mean, it has a Linux desktop. You you can get out of the Steam overlay interface that they show in all the marketing material and just go to a Linux desktop. Yeah, so I think to, like, reiterate some of your concerns, like, I hate to say it, but, like, we, we've seen this before. Do, do you all remember how popular Steam boxes were and how that really took off and was so amazing and cool? I have three in my closet right now. Really? No, well, of absolutely course, of, course, I was, I was, of course you would, Tom. You have all the little gadgets. But, <laughs> I do have a gadget closet, that's true. But like, you, you know, you, I, I want to say it was maybe like five years ago. Like I was super excited. Like, hey, like, they're, like Steam is trying to, or Valve in general is just trying to figure out a way to make it where you just have like a standardized custom. It's, it's no longer a custom PC build. It's almost like the the consolification of PC gaming, right? They're like, hey, we're going to come up with, you know, operating system and then we're going to have like some recommended like build outs and stuff like that. And I thought that was really cool because like as much as I consider myself a geek, I'm nowhere near you guys. Like I like, I don't like the building of the PC things. I just want to play games and not worry about anything else. Um, I imagine that building PCs has gotten way easier but like I, like I just remember like fiddling with sound cards and stuff like that and just like in drivers and just hating my life every second of it, like never again. So, um, so yeah, like I, I want to be excited about it, but like the track record of, it was the exact same problems we were talking about. Like just, you know, the game supports so it's like, yeah, you could play like all the half-life games on it and left for dead, but like the games just like, 
that are like supported from Valve just have been, you know, not coming out as quickly anymore. Like I feel like the, the orange box had like so much freaking um traction when that came out and everyone was just excited about like the content. But like once you get that content problem again, you know, where's where's gonna be the excitement about, you know, getting something like this if it can only play like a super small subset of games. Yeah. Yeah, okay. which is what okay, leads so me to think that they actually, might have solved that problem. Yeah, no, but... no I, okay, I think you're right. The uh, OS is based on Linux, but will use Proton as a compatibility layer that allows Windows-based games to run without requiring developers specifically port them for the Steam Deck. So, that's interesting. They are solving that. Right, I, I, feel, like, I feel like you would have to, but the compelling thing about this versus It's based the on a box... fork of wine. <laughs> this is fascinating. That's funny. That is. Uh, the compelling thing about this, though, for me versus like the Steam Box, um, does it? I have this impression, and I want to validate it by running it by you guys. I feel like the generations of hardware improvements are getting longer, or at least <laughs> the iterations are getting less and less jumpy. Like, we're not seeing the huge leaps in capabilities that we were seeing in generations of NVIDIA or AMD GPUs uh, that we used to even 10 years ago now. And part of that might be the chip shortage, but I think a lot of it is that we're getting down to, you know, sub-10 nanometer processes and atom-sized transistors, and we're just kind of hitting the limits of silicon. Um, New architectures like M1, the system-on-a-chip and things like uh, direct access memory uh, that lets your GPU directly access RAM without having to go through a CPU uh, like PCI lane. All of that combines to get things loaded into the right spot faster, but the actual capabilities of the processors aren't really improving that dramatically. You're either getting more processors, better threads or smaller cores that Mm -hmm. you can add more threads to but you're expanding more or less horizontally at that point like your vertical stack your single cpu performance or your single gpu performance really isn't increasing all that much from iteration to iteration in the hardware so where the steam box you know a decade ago at this point almost was in this era of rapid advancement in that hardware space and just kind of couldn't keep up and not to mention the software issues like we were talking about. This thing feels like it has a bit more staying power. And the controller added to it is not not a small feature. Like the ergonomics of this thing look pretty good. The trackpads that they've had since the Steam controller and now on the Index controllers are showing up here the uh, you know button support and the bumpers and all the like pro controls with the the paddles on the bottom <clears throat> it looks and feels or it, it looks for all the world like a premium piece of gear and if the hardware can be relevant for longer than a couple of years i think it's a pretty good product especially if they have the software to run everything i I want to be excited, but I uh, uh, Steam is really awesome that they have lists for everything. So I was like, okay, like let's just say I buy buy this this gadget. What are the uh, top selling games that are SteamOS compatible? And when I look at this list, I 
am not excited about playing Stardew Valley, you know, or Gary's Mod on this little doohickey, <laughs> or Tabletop Simulator, or Pacific Northwest Trucker, or CSGO. Like, like none of these games seem like, wow, I'm going to get it for this. Like, you could just do, like, yeah. the... Uh, any of the, the the kind of the direction where I think things are really going is like the streaming solution where like I'm pretty sure any one of these games that are on this list can probably be played via like NVIDIA's or, or I forget their name of theirs, the NVIDIA's streaming service or Stadia, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. It, it was the Shield was the product, but I've forgotten what their game streaming service is called. I actually do subscribe to that. Uh, and it is really impressive the way that it works. It works really, really well. I have a really limited use case for actually needing to use it, but it's 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 pretty solid. Um, yeah, I've been I've been playing Resident Evil Village with the Stadia stuff, and I've been super excited about that. It, it hits it hits my spot where I'm like, hey, I want to play right now, and I can just play in my living room, or I can play in the bedroom before I go to bed, or something. It's nice. You know um, what is really cool about this to me is uh, there's a potential here for integration with a version of Valve's Index VR yeah, system. That's, that's actually like I a couple of comments that I've seen powerful. other people... No, not, not for the Index itself, but you know how... Uh, I've forgotten what the specific product is. Oculus has this standalone headset. And it is the headset itself that runs the experiences. Now, they're not like AAA... Uh, you know, super high fidelity experiences. It's basically just an upgraded phone in your headset, and it has its own integrated battery, but it's not connected to a machine. Take that, put a battery in the headset, and run your VR experiences between this and a co-processor in the headset in the headset itself. I think you could get a pretty good experience, and you've got something that's portable enough to, you know, strap onto your hip or something. Um, that that would be cool. I, I would love to see that. It wouldn't be as cool as like the top end VR headsets that we have even today. Uh, probably slightly narrower field of view, maybe a little bit lower resolution, maybe something like uh, 75 or 80 FPS instead of 90 or 120. But um, I think you could get pretty good at it, and just having something that you could walk around with is is pretty cool. I mean, the Nintendo Switch clearly proved that having a hybrid console is something people have wanted for a long time. It's why we used to have the Super Game Boy back in the day. It's why all handheld devices come except Nintendo's come with some kind of like shitty either analog or HDMI uh, out port. And it is really interesting to think that, I mean, Valve's been trying, trying to crack the console market for so long with Steam boxes and the big picture and this other shit. It is really interesting to me to think that like, hey, maybe they're, maybe this is a way to do it. Maybe if people like, like, like the portability of uh, the Switch so much that Valve could make this work, you know, not, they don't sell a docking station, but they have docking ports. They just have HDMI ports. Like, could this be a contender for chipping away at Xbox or PlayStation by being like, yeah, look, it has all of the, you know, PC launch titles right when they come out. It's a purchase you can just buy once and just keep reusing it. So it's, again, that convenience of a console that people don't want to deal with with a computer. Um, it's interesting. I, it's it's a huge market that they've never been able to really crack, and I 
I can't say I'm overly optimistic, but I obviously, as someone who loves handheld gaming, I think this is fucking cool as shit, and I want it to succeed. But I don't, I don't know. It's definitely a new angle that hasn't been tried before. That is definitely trying to again take a note from the Switch. Do you guys think that that could be a vector of people being like, well, I could buy this brand new PlayStation Five, or I could buy this, and it plugs into my TV just like a console and is as convenient as a console and has all these titles that I can get on sale from you know Steam Summer Sale. Do you do you think that could work? No, because they don't. They just don't have the content, right? It just like well, we, at we the don't end know of the day, I mean, it's if they did, that would be what they lead with, I think. And the fact that it's kind of like hidden in there with that proton thing or whatever, I don't, I don't think so, man. Because like, well, if, if you were like the, the whole PS. Uh, PlayStation versus Xbox thing comes down to like a lot of people always talk about the games. It's not like I want an Xbox. It's usually I want to play Halo or I want to play Spider-Man or I want to play blah, right? And I can't think of anything that like Valve has that would be kind of like limited enough to only be played on that that type of system that you couldn't do on the streaming services that are you know 10 to 20 bucks a month or anything like that like i just i just don't like the more i'm thinking about it more the less i'm getting excited about it i don't know i i think it's going to come down to the games list i think the compatibility is going to be make or break for this um and i'll throw another i'll throw another wrench into this one of my friends immediately saw this and asked do you think that'll work with game pass like xbox game pass (laughs) and man that's a great fucking question because if it did holy shit so they did say explicitly, yes, you could just blow away the Linux distro and install Windows. And with Windows 11, it has Game Pass integrated into it. Um, so so advanced could, users can. That advanced way. users can co-opt the hardware. Even without that, it's still a full Linux system. And they were very explicit about being able to load other digital stores into this thing so things like um you know the ubisoft store that has some steam integration uh ea's origin uh would be likely you know easy candidates game pass maybe if game pass works on wind uh, on linux but uh i don't know if it does currently honestly the new microsoft would probably make it work uh eventually if it doesn't already but yeah it's it's super interesting to think about, you know, if Microsoft wants to topple, and this is all us theory crafting and being armchair, mm-hmm. you know, uh, philosophers here. But like, if Microsoft really wants to topple Sony, which PlayStation, what three, four, and five, I think all of them are Sony is outselling Microsoft. I, I think across the board, um, mm-hmm. by different margins of different consoles, but the, Sony's still winning. If they want to take away a chunk, I mean, we've seen Microsoft play nice with tons of other publishers. Uh, encouraging cross-play, making it where, again, shipping away at their own console market by making it where Steam uh, Game Pass Ultimate plays on PC. It is really interesting to think, could they partner up with Valve and say, cool, you've got the uh, the mobile hardware, we've got the PC hardware, Game Pass works on both. They make money from the subscription either way. That's a shit ton of money from people subscribing. Could they partner to try to, again, chip away at Sony? That feels dangerous because Valve are, whether you like Valve or not, whether they succeed or not, they are fucking mavericks. Gabe owns that company. They are cash heavy and they will do whatever the fuck they want whenever they want. So I don't know how that partnership would work, but it is crazy to think about that as a distinct possibility. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, back to the, the compatibility thing for a minute, like we're skeptical because we've been lied to so much (laughs) in marketing material in general. Um, and going back and like I'm looking at this this IGN interview um, with subtitles, and this dude says you can play the full Steam library on this thing. Like he says that, and doesn't seem to really. I mean, it's it's one line in this interview, but they say it explicitly. And the fact that we kind of discount that out of hand, like yeah, but you're running a Linux distro and you're also trying to sell me this thing of course you're going to say that i just assume there's some catches right performance yeah. may vary compatibility may vary bugs may vary for sure but it's such a crucial thing like Roel is talking about like this this thing is make or break on being able to play the games in the steam library if they haven't solved that problem then this thing is basically doa they say that it does if that's true then you know this isn't a bad price for a PC that does what this thing does. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, and like, here, here's I think another way to put like my skepticism on this. If this was like legit going to work for all these things, pretty much all like the little games, like like everything within the game store would be like compatible with what you call it with the Steam Deck, right? Like make it where i don't even like have any like second thoughts of like of course this is gonna work it's every every game that i'm seeing here is compatible 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 and i think that they're like they're missing little things like that it's like it's just gonna make me skeptical until like you know day one launch like it's not a reserve type thing for me yeah well what puts my mind a little bit at ease is um they have ghost of tsushima in some of their marketing materials and that thing is intense to try and run on PC to begin with. The fact that they're showing it in this context, to me, speaks to their confidence. But honestly, like we've been burned by things like this in the past. It makes sense that anything to do with video games never pre-ordered. Don't. <laughs> What's that? No pre-orders. No Russian mission <laughs> meme. Um, you know, I, I went people I, I want to see what Linus Linus Tech Tips says about it. <laughs> but uh you know wait for the wait for the reviews. This thing is supposed to come out uh um, December. In December. Yeah, and reservations open on Friday. Just I I don't know. Are are you guys gonna try to get one? You know, it's I, I still, like I said, I want to wait for the reviews. If if outlets like Linus Tech Tips or some of the other hardware reviewers have, you know, mostly positive things to say about this, honestly, I might. So like, a, it's it's apparently pretty solid. Yeah, and apparently looking. you can pre-order through Valve Store, and there'll just be if you cancel it, there's a five dollar cancellation fee. So at that point, I guys, I think I kind of, I mean, me being a nerd, me being games industry, I think I fucking have to do it. I think I have to go put down my fucking pre-order, and if the the reviews <laughs> if, the the hardware come out, it sucks. I'm out five bucks. I'll just not get a double cheeseburger next time I go to McDonald's. Who cares? Yeah. But but if if 2020 and 2021 have taught us anything, it's going to be next to impossible to to reserve one of the hundred consoles that they're going to have. Well, so um, not e- false. even with that, like I've I'll try, but I 
if you know, no, if there's a single, if there's a single storefront that I think has a chance at staying up, it's Valve. The store going under. I think it just has to go deal with like what, what's the expected de- demand, and it kind of goes back to like all the video card stuff, right? Just like, do you think that they're going to actually have enough to meet the demand or not? Oh, they won't. They, they'll be taking pre-orders and queuing up. So you'll you'll get in a queue just like you know the index or anything else, and very few of these will likely ship in December. Or maybe the better question is, how much Bitcoin can I mine with one of these things? There you go. <laughs> That's the spirit. Yeah. No, I mean, I I will probably do the same thing. Like I'll I'll get in line. Uh, and yeah, if they're coming about with like, hey, this thing has a ton of problems, then mm, might back off of that. I really love the idea so much. Honestly, my biggest worry is I can see the uh, the heat vents on the back of this thing when it's it's spinning around on like the store page. Uh, I don't know how loud it's going to be. That's a great question. <laughs> I, I don't think that it will be that bad. But um, yeah, I mean, this thing could just be like uh, a Mac Pro and just take off from my hands although i guess i've heard the m1s are pretty quiet and this feels a lot like m1 architecture with some gaming paint i guess that's not entirely fair like it's not an arm processor but still well uh certainly interesting times ahead it's exciting i don't know i i love like again valve hasn't been particularly successful with a lot of their hardware efforts as of late you know the steam link and the steam controller and the big picture and steam boxes but oh man i, I miss it. the steam link yeah i love it when they take a shot like i they are willing to put r&d down they're willing to try to change things they're willing to try to buck the the trends and i i love it and i can't wait to see how this goes i think i'm gonna sign up for pre-order but oh we'll see there's one cool feature of this thing that we didn't talk about and i want to mention it um so moving saves around like steam's cloud save has been a thing for a good long while and if you are logged in to steam on multiple machines you can just kind of stop a game on one machine and go load up your save from another machine that's going to work with this but one of the things that they're working on is um in addition to that being able to suspend games so that you can do the same kind of return from suspense that xbox does Mm -hmm. but also uh live save I, I can't remember exactly what they called it, but it's it's basically the idea is you can be playing a game on your PC, pause it, have that save just be picked up and run with it on the Steam Deck. So being yeah, able to cool. put your game down, not even close your game, but just like step away from your machine and start playing from where you left off on your, your mobile device is pretty compelling from a user experience standpoint. So I'm I'm... I'm into that. That does sound pretty cool. Anyway, I can stop trying to sell it. Yeah, yeah. Steam will, Steam <laughs> right, will well, try actually, to sell well, it enough. Well, looking for information about the Steam Deck, I found one more piece of news that we can end on. Cool. Do it. Gentlemen, Pokemon Unite, the free-to-play Pokemon MOBA, will arrive on Nintendo Switch on July 21st. Oh, shit. That's a week away! Oh, shit. Oh, my goodness. That is like a week away. God, this year is going way too fucking fast. Yeah, right? Well, that's fucking awesome. I've, I've been looking forward to playing that. I would like a 
an, a simple, easy-to-play MOBA. Pokemon is a, a franchise I've always tried to get into and had a hard time. I fucking love my Switch. So uh, I am totally down to give this a shot when it comes out in a fucking week. Yeah. Well, yeah, same. And it, and it is free, right? It is free to play. I don't know much about the monetization model, so uh, I don't know if it's going to be your standard MOBA where you have to buy the heroes or not, i.e. the Pokemon. Um, I am not buy entirely them all. sure. Yeah, who knows? They've probably got some kind of microtransaction thing, as long as it's mostly cosmetics, and I think that's been the model that a lot of the, the free-to-plays that have been really successful have taken. Like, yeah, you can, you can give us a bunch of money, uh, but it's really just going to go into, like, a battle pass for cosmetics or specific, you know, cool looking items that have no real effect on the gameplay. Yeah. Um, you know, that's got enough case studies behind it to probably not be overlooked. But then I think, I, I think the last time we brought that up, rule mentioned, and I agreed with you know, the big reason that I don't play MOBAs is that there are just so many characters and you have to kind of learn them all. That is kind of nice about getting it on the ground floor. So, but Well, getting it on the ground floor, but also Pokemon. Like, I kind of feel like I know how that works at this point. Yeah, you, you already know the rock, paper, scissors mechanics. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, that's familiar enough that I can just kind of pick it up and run without a huge amount of classroom time devoted to figuring out what all the specific moves and things are um that's gonna make it a lot easier to just pick up and get into i'm trying to double check right now that uh i am certain it's free i'm trying to confirm that what it has for microtransactions yeah they don't specifically say it's gonna unlock items characters or cosmetics but you're able to play and enjoy pokemon unite without spending a dime there will be a battle pass yeah yeah as long as they're not like locking content behind the battle pass for like I don't know, maps or game modes or something like that, then, you know, fine, whatever. If I play it enough, I'll probably drop 20 bucks on that, just like I do for Apex Legends. Yeah, I, I don't mind paying for things that I enjoy. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's fine. Well, then maybe we can do a, a, a live stream of us playing it next week, then, or two weeks from now. <laughs> I like this plan. All right, Wednesday podcasting, boys. Cool, 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 cool. All right. Well, dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the news. Gentlemen, thanks for uh, helping find and look up the news. Thank you. have to track it down. I mean, uh, Huey Lewis has gone into hiding. I don't know. It's the best joke I have. It's not a good joke. (laughs) Uh, We'll be back next week to play Pokemon Unite live on stream. By live, I mean recorded. And on stream, I mean, you know, us sitting in front of microphones while playing with our switches. So we'll switch things up. You know what I'm saying? Yee. All right. Zach Ruley, thanks again. Right on. Later. And until next time, dear listener, Pika QQ. See, Zach, I got it. I used it. That was a good one. (laughs) You did it. Hooray. Hey, dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. Please always remember that all views and opinions expressed on the podcast are representative solely of the person expressing them. Not of their friends and family, not of their co-hosts or co-workers, and certainly not of their employers, past, present, or future. Again, thank you for joining us, and thank you for respecting our individuality. You played two hours to die like this?